Well, if you have your Bible with you tonight, turn to 2 Timothy. Second Timothy, we're going to be in the first chapter, starting in verse 6. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer before we start. Father, we just come to you right now, Lord. And God, I just ask right now that you give me boldness to speak as I ought to speak. Help me make known the mysteries of the gospel just as your word prescribes. And Lord, I just ask right now that you send a a holy anointing upon me right now that I could say the things I ought to say in the way you want me to say them. And Father, I ask that right now you prepare the hearts and minds of those that are here today to receive this word. And I ask that you send your Holy Ghost into this place right now. Let there be a special anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I titled the message tonight, Stir Up the Gifts to Tear Down the Walls. And what I want to really focus on is, is on a personal level tonight. You know, the <clears throat> when you receive the Holy Spirit baptism, you receive gifts. You receive certain uh, things that God would have you to use in a certain way to benefit the kingdom of God and to empower you to fulfill the call that He's put on your life. There's certain aspects of each one of us that, that it gives us a certain quality that stands out from others. Well, those spiritual gifts are, like I said, they're to benefit the kingdom, but they're also to benefit you. And you know, Paul was telling Timothy here that he should stir up those gifts. And you know, that tells you right up front that that sometimes those things can kind of go dormant through your own lack of use, your own lack of uh, trying to keep them stir it up and keep them going. And, you know, it is a constant battle, a constant effort for me to stay where I need to be so that I can get up here and preach. You know, this isn't something that comes naturally to me. Some people can just talk. But it's only through the gift of what God gives me that I'm able to do this. So I have to keep stirring it up. Now, I want you all to really understand tonight that what I'm trying to tell you, is, is based on this title I, sh- I shared with you, when you are able to stir up those gifts, you see, there's walls that we put up in our lives. There's walls that we put up sometimes for protection, but there's also walls that get put up because of the things we've allowed in our life. And these walls divide us from God. They separate us. And I'll just give you one example. Over in, uh, let's see, I think the first one is in uh, James 4 and 4. It says, You adulterers and adulteresses, hey, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? 
Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. What does enmity mean? Well, I, def- I looked up the definition of it here. Because I like to put words to it. Deep-rooted hatred. The quality of being an enemy. Or the opposite of friendship. So it says friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. Now that's a wall. When, when you become a, a friend of worldly things, you seek after worldly things. Now look, I'm not talking about just going to Walmart and buying stuff. I'm talking about that's where your heart is placed. That's where your desires, everything that you, you long for is worldly things. A wall is put between you and God. You see, God says that He won't have any part of that thing. God says that you can't be pleasing to Him and long for those kind of things at the same time. So you see, that's, that's division. Enmity is division between you and God. That definition says that it's a quality of being an enemy. I don't think anybody here wants to be an enemy of God tonight. I don't think anybody wants to be the opposite of a friend of God. So look at yourself and examine yourself. And you know, it may not be just this friendship with the world. There may be something else in your life that that you have put in such a high regard that that is causing a wall between you and God. Paul told Timothy to stir up that gift. Stir it up. Why? Why did he tell him to stir it up? Well, because if you don't keep it stirred up, if you don't keep fanning the flame and feeding the fire, it's going to die out. And I want you all to understand tonight that it's that fire, the Holy Ghost fire, that that imparts those gifts to you that is the only thing that can tear down those walls. You see, when you don't allow the Holy Ghost to work and move in your life, you're just blocking out the only thing that can tear those walls down. You're limiting yourself. You're you're saying, God, I like these walls. I took a lot of time in care building them and I want to keep them. That's what you're saying. Now, why am I telling you all this tonight? Why is this important? See, there's only so far you can go until that wall is removed. And as long as, as this church doesn't address walls, we're going to be limited. We're going to be held back. You see, that's what a wall does, is it keeps you from progressing in that direction. A wall limits, it sets boundaries. I don't want any walls between me and God. I don't want anything to be there that can separate me from Him. So see, the only thing I have to do to to answer that, to tear these walls down, to start chipping away at them, 
is to more and more on a regular basis invite the Holy Ghost into my life. Invite Him to be active in my life. You see, stirring up the gifts that are in you means using them. Stirring up the gifts that are in you means saying, God, I need more. God, this little bit ain't enough. I need more. And you know, you actually take a, an account of what it is that God has for you. You start looking and saying, God, okay, I know what I've done in the past. I know what you've had me to do in the past, but what do you want me to do tomorrow? God, what is it that you would have me to be looking for in the next few years? What is it that you're trying to do? You see, God will reveal Himself to you when you go to Him and ask Him. What did Moses say? He said, show me your face. Do you think, you think Moses really wanted to look in the face of God? That ain't what he was talking about. He wanted a clear understanding of what God wanted and who God was. That's what he was seeking. He, was, he wanted to understand more about God. You see, when you go and you start seeking God, what does the Word say? It says, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. See, when you come close to God, He comes close too. And see, what we need more in our personal lives, I told y'all this is a personal thing tonight, what we need more is to have more of a hunger for the Holy Ghost. We need more of a hunger. See, listen, that's my source of power. That is my source of strength, the Holy Ghost. And y'all can think what you want to think about the Holy Ghost. It don't matter. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is that if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you're missing out and it's your own fault. It's your own fault because it's there waiting for you. It's available. And when you say, well, I'm kind of comfortable just sitting here. You're saying I'm okay with whatever walls I have in place. You're saying that I don't need any walls tore down because this little cubby I've got myself backed into is just nice. You see, though, sometimes those walls are for protection. But what are you trying to protect yourself against from God? There ain't no need for it. There is no need for protection from God because He only wants your best. He is only looking to help you, not hurt you. So there is no reason to try to divide yourself from God. But see, people do it all the time. They won't admit to it. But they do it all the time. You know, people get worried that they're going to be embarrassed. People get worried that there's going to be they're going to have to do something that may they may be ashamed of or people might think funny things about them. But last time I read this Scripture, I just read a while ago, and I'm sure it still says the same thing. Verse 8 says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. I don't want to be ashamed of Him. See, the Holy Ghost is one of those controversial things that everybody looks at and they say, man, those people were different. There's something kind of odd about them. That's what, we, that's what we perceive everybody's thinking about us. 
But see, I want you all to understand something. If you ain't ever tasted of it, I want you to know. Look, I've done things in my life that made me uncomfortable and made me embarrassed. And before I did them, I thought, I'm going to be embarrassed. And when I did it, I was embarrassed. But you see, there's one thing in my life I can think of that I thought it might be embarrassing to start with, but after it was over, I could care less whether anybody thought weird, uh, thought I was weird or anything. And that's the Holy Ghost. Because see, when you get in the presence of the Holy Ghost, you don't care what other people think. Why? Because it's some kind of drug? No, because it's pure. It's undefiled. And you get in there and you say, oh, wait a minute. Everything I used to think about this was wrong. I understand now I'm in the presence of God. And you see, that may make you do some funny things every now and then. You may want to jump and shout when you get in the presence of God. But see, nobody's going to, people may look at you and think funny things, but it doesn't matter because you're in the presence of of God. You see, just because somebody looks at you and thinks that you're acting kind of goofy doesn't mean they're right. Just because they think something doesn't make them right. It may be the other way around. You know, we could be saying they're kind of goofy for just sitting there like a bump on a log, not wanting to feel the presence of God. I don't know about y'all, but if you ever get in the presence of God, you will see things the way I'm seeing them tonight. You'll start thinking, man, I can't wait to get in the presence of God. You start thinking, man, they are missing out on a blessing because they're just sitting there. They're not raising their hands. They don't care about worship and praise. Why? Because if you cared about worship and praise, you'd understand there's a reason behind it. It's to exalt Him. It's to lift Him up. And you know what? There's a benefit to it. When you begin to worship and praise, lo and behold, the Holy Ghost comes in. You see, the Word says He inhabits the praise of His people. Isn't that amazing? He inhabits the praise of His people. He inhabits the praise of His people. That's kind of funny that He'd want to be somewhere where somebody wants Him. See, that's what that is about. That's what it's about. God wants to be where He's wanted. I don't know about y'all, but last time I went somewhere I didn't want to, that nobody wanted me there, I got the feeling real quick I needed to go somewhere else. You think God's any different? God comes and kind of peeks in the back door and says, hmm, nobody wants me there today. I'll move on somewhere else. See, God's not God is 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 a lot like us. Why? Because He created us. See, it's really not He's like us. It's we're like Him. So a lot of these characteristics uh, that we see that are in common with God is because He put them in us. He made Him made us like Him. The Word says we're made in His image. So it it ought to not be strange for us to understand the things I'm saying tonight. 
I hope it don't hurt your feelings, but if it does, maybe you needed to hear it. Maybe you needed to understand a little more. Maybe maybe it's a, you need to concentrate for a minute and think about, is there some walls in my life? You probably don't have to think very hard. Because the times that there was walls in my life, I knew they were there. How many of y'all ever been in a room when you didn't know there was a wall there? No, you know there's walls, right? They're, they're obvious. There's, look, I've talked to people before. Y'all ever talk to somebody kind of, kind of giving them some advice or whatever, and they're telling you all their terrible problems and, and oh, I just don't know what to do, and you're sitting there looking at them like, man, it's so obvious. Just look at yourself. Look at what you're telling me and think real, real clearly for a second and see what the problem is. It's obvious. But see, sometimes we get in these little places where we hide our eyes from what's going on around us and we don't want to see the walls that are steadily being built around us because we think, well, the wall is too big. The wall is too big and thick and there ain't nothing I can do. See, we give up. We give up. Have y'all ever prayed and just felt like nothing happened and you gave up and said, well, maybe next time. Maybe next time. But you need to get to a point, and listen, I've been on both sides, you need to get to a point where you say, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to be beaten this time. Y'all need to get boldness. You need to talk to the devil sometimes and tell him, leave me alone. You're not going to steal my victory this time. You're not going to steal my joy this time. This time, you know, sometimes it's worth fighting for. Sometimes you've got to stand up on your, on your toes and say, get back. Leave me alone. And then when the, in the, in the same instance you do that, you say, in the name of Jesus. You see, cause that's where your power is. It's in His name. So when those walls are coming up around you, you need to just say, no. I'm going to stop building them right now. And in the name of Jesus, I'm going to invite the Holy Ghost into my life. Start stirring up those gifts. And if you ain't got any gifts, you need to start hungering after them. You need to start seeking after them. Because see, the only thing I know about God is one thing. When you come close to Him, He comes close to you. That's all you need to know. Everything else gets complicated and uh, and blown out of proportion. God is not like that. God is not complicated. God is simple. You draw close, He draws close. You come to Him, He comes to you. It's a give-take thing. You move away from Him. Same thing. He'll back off. It don't have to be that way, though. It don't have to be that way. I don't know who here has been filled with the Holy Ghost. You know whether you have or not. You may be at the point where you've kind of forgotten a little bit of what it was like. But it don't have to be that way. Because see, once you've already received it, man, it's easy from there on. It, I, what I mean by that, 
you ain't got to go through that same process. You know what it takes to get in the presence of God. You may drift away, but it's, it's a whole lot easier to come back once you've received it. Now, if you ain't ever received it, listen, you need to hunger and pray and desire. Understand something about desire before you leave this place. Desire. You've got to seek God. Seek Him. You don't find Him, keep seeking. Keep praying. Keep reading. Keep longing after Him. Say, God, I'm hungry for You. God, I want more of You. God, show me what it means. Help me understand it. Make it easy for me. See, He'll do that. The Word says that He will dispense knowledge liberally and upbraideth it not. That means He doesn't care who you are. He's not going to select them out here and there. You come to Him seeking knowledge and wisdom, there it is. He's going to give it to you. You go seeking what you might find from Him. One more Scripture I'm going to share with you. Romans 8 and 7 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It says the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now all of us here have a carnal mind. So see, we're already at a disadvantage. The carnal mind is enmity against God. See, that what that tells you, I'm going to make it real easy for you. I'm not trying to make anybody feel like you're some lowly intellectual person. I want you to all understand it though. What that is telling you is that your natural state of mind is at war with God. That's all that means. The natural way you think without anything else interfering is at war with God. Now don't that just make you want to blow your top? You don't under, it's hard to understand that, ain't it? It's hard to understand, but when you come into this world, if nothing else changes, the way you're going to go is at war with God. And you may, look, you may look around and say, well, I know lots of people that are not Christians, but they're good people. The Word addresses that. It says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. So you look at those people you think are good people and just throw that out the window. It doesn't matter what you perceive them to be. Your natural mind is at war with God. Now, that being said, when you become a Christian, you have this new body, this new spiritual mind that is not at war with God. Now this goes back to what Paul told Timothy. He said, stir up that gift that is within you. You see, you, you feed the spiritual man. You feed the spiritual mind. You make the spiritual mind stronger than the natural mind. How do you do that? You feed it with the Word. You feed it with prayer and communion with God. You feed it with thinking on good things. What does the Word say? He, Paul said, oh, where is it at? Uh, yeah. He said, think on these things. And he names off just, you know, everything you can think of under the sun, good. He said, 
Think on these things. Don't think on all this bad stuff. He, what He's telling you to do is feed that spiritual man so that it becomes stronger. When you think on the things of God, you're feeding Him. You're just feeding Him. You think on Scripture you read last night. You're feeding Him. You quote that Scripture. Just It may not have anything to do with what you're, what's going on in your life, but you're feeding that spiritual man. Before you know it, the spiritual man can hold down the natural man. He's tearing down a wall. He's keeping that wall down. Y'all understand what I mean? See, that natural man's at war all the time. He wants to come out on top. He wants to. But the spiritual man, if you feed him a little, and it, that's the funny thing, it don't even take that much. But you feed him a little every now and then. You, you keep him growing and before you know it, he's stronger than the natural man. Before you know it, the next time you're tempted to do something, you're going to say, mm, no, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. A week ago, I would have done it, but today I'm not. You see, that's how it works. That's how, that's how coming close to God works. When you start allowing the Holy Ghost in your life, you start seeking after Him, start desiring Him, Man, God just eats that stuff up. He eats it up. He says, oh, somebody wants me. Somebody's desiring me. Man, he, that's what He longs for, is for somebody to want to be in His presence. Why would He deny you that? Why? He wouldn't. He wants that. That's why He created you. He wanted somebody to want Him just because they did, not because they were made to. 